And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as we kick off a new week here on Raider Nation Radio. And how about Oklahoma? They're tied with Gonzaga at the 10.50 mark as that game is underway. Lon Kruger, now Gonzaga takes the lead, 23-21. Lon Kruger's son, Kevin Kruger, named head coach at UNLV Basketball. That's something I can get behind. Welcome to the week. It's a big week for us here, March Madness. Raider news as we get rolling, and hopefully we hear from you. We have a very busy week, and we're honored to be the first sports talk radio show to broadcast live from Virgin Hotels on Friday. I'll be there Friday noon to 2 as that property opens up on Thursday, and the grand opening is Thursday, and we'll be broadcasting there on Friday. Uh, If you've been listening to me for years, you know how much the Hard Rock did for my life. This is the old Hard Rock now rebranded as Virgin Hotels. Boz, the owner, good friend, and we're looking forward to getting in there. So if you're available on Friday, we'd love you to come by, uh, say hello, and also have an opportunity to see a brand-new resort casino property here in Vegas. Uh, Have a chance to see that, which I think is going to be really cool. Old days in Vegas when new casinos opened, people showed up for the openings. Uh, With Circa downtown with Derek Stevens, now Boz, with Virgin, and then our friend Scott Sabella at Resorts World. So there's a lot happening here in Vegas as it feels like Vegas is coming back as we are brought to you by PT's best happy hour in town. Lon Kruger needs to get a timeout. Here comes Gonzaga, uh, seven unanswered. They go up 25 to 21, and Lon listens to me and calls a timeout. So this has got to stabilize here as we're talking about March Madness. Just saying PT's. Best place to be, 64-plus locations. I was at one this weekend. You can go in, get food to go, gaming, sit down at the bar, watch the Golden Knights tonight here in town, and especially the madness of March Madness. Golden Gaming and PTs, they fuel the monologue. So we're going to mix up everything this week. Uh, Raider Free Agency did not come to an end. It is not over. There are still available players, and the Raiders uh, made a move earlier today as they shore up another player on the defensive line. So when they're shoring up the defensive line, a couple of reasons here. Matt Dickerson comes over from the Titans, entering the league as an undrafted free agent. Uh, The guy's been in the league his first three years with the Titans. He had a sack in the playoffs last year, a native of San Mateo. He played four years at UCLA at a high level. And we'll see what happens. What we're seeing with the defensive line, everybody, is the Raiders and Gus Bradley and Mike Mayock and John Gruden. But I think a lot of this has to do with Gus. Just said, get me guys. Get, get me and Marinelli guys, and let's load up, and let's get a full new defensive line. And, hey, not everybody's guaranteed to make the team, right? They're not going to carry, you know, 15 defensive linemen, but it sure feels like they're bringing in that many. So the defensive line, which I think has been the interior of the defensive line, has been a weakness for a while. No more Jelly Ellis's. Nice guy, once a Raider, always a Raider. But you got to get better. you got to have explosive athletes to play there. And I think with Mad Max Crosby, Cleland Farrell, Yannick Ngakwe, we're going to play the Yannick press conference, about eight or nine minutes of it coming up later on, I think, this hour. He's the guy I told you they'd get. He's the guy I've been championing for the last two years. That's the guy I wanted to get. I think if you look at the Raiders, the defensive line, if they're just better, if they're just better, it's going to help the secondary. Quarterbacks were just sitting in the pocket. They had too much time, and they were able to pick the Raiders apart when it came to the Raiders deep downfield in the secondary. And I believe the way I look at this, and you could agree or disagree, that Gus Bradley's saying, I can't do anything on the back end like I did with the Legion of Boom, L-O-B the way he was able to do that because they had a really good pass rush. And he had guys who could cover, and he had safeties who can hit. So the defensive line has obviously been the priority of the Raiders in this offseason. So to me, that's really good because I don't have to talk about it anymore. I don't want to talk about 
inferior portions of the Raiders. I don't want to talk about it. I want to see it get fixed, and then I can move on to something else and focus the show, which always has a focus on going from one topic to another. So if you look at what they did, re-signing Jonathan Hankins, bringing in Quentin Jefferson, bringing in Solomon Thomas, bringing in Matt Dickerson, and everything that they've done, they have now got players on the defensive line Irving, who he had on, and and they're okay. Are they great? No, they don't have Aaron Donald. I get it. But they have a rotation now of plenty good players who are proven in this league, who are veterans, who have played in this league and have flashed in the past. So that's all we're looking for. So if you're excited about what the Raiders have done defensively, let's hear from you, 702-365-9200. And then we move over to the big news as they locked up Andre James, the future center of the Raiders, for years to come. So Andre James is here. We knew that Rodney Hudson did not want to be here, which we didn't know, actually, the show when he he, he got moved and released, and the Raiders were fortunate to get something for him. We didn't know that. Everybody just went hog wild on this show. And now you realize that Rodney Hudson, who I think the world of, you will never hear anything else ever negative about Rodney coming from me. They got the guy who's a lot cheaper, a lot younger, and they're comfortable with him. And they're telling Tom Cable directly, I believe, or indirectly, look, Tom, you're a great offensive line coach. You're a former head coach. We're going to give you less. We're going to give you less money. We're going to give you younger players. We're going to give you backups. Make them into starters. And do us a favor. Get this offensive line up to speed so we can go on the defensive side and try to get better. Does everybody understand that? Or does no one? Raise your hand. I'll pick you first at 702-365-9200. Do we all understand this as we're all doing online learning over Zoom and over radio? That the Raiders went cheaper as an organization with a plan. They went cheaper on the offensive line to build up the defense. That's what we've seen. It should be obvious to everyone. Now, the key is you don't have to agree with that. No one's telling you agree with it. You you don't have to sit down and agree with any of this. But just make sure you understand the concept of what they're doing. Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley brings in players he knows. Gus Bradley brings in his new scheme. Gus Bradley improves the players who are already on the defensive roster. That's the plan. They go cheaper on the offensive line with a veteran Pro Bowl-type quarterback in Derek Carr who can make the Pro Bowl any year because he's got that type of ability. And maybe they're sending a message to Derek. Hey, Derek, we've given you all this. You had the Great Wall of Oakland, the Great Wall of Las Vegas, and you haven't won. So what we're going to do is give you a little bit less. We're going to ask you to do a little bit more, and let's go and get Darren Waller. Keep keep him going. Let's get Ruggs going. Get Ruggs to the park. Get him down to the park. Start working out with him. Hunter Renfro, get a little bit more out of Edwards if he stays healthy. Brown the receiver. All of this combined is how I see the plan of the Raiders. I will be with John Gruden on Thursday at a coaching clinic with the head coach of UNLV, Marcus Arroyo. I'll have an opportunity to talk to Coach Gruden about his vision. We might get him on before that or after that, but uh, that's part of the plan this week. So what I want to do is I usually don't do this, but I figured we'd do it today on a Monday as we wait for everybody to start dialing and calling in. Is your grade so far on the Raider offseason? Oh, this would be beautiful because the Twitter warriors are out in full force. You know, the guys who have the Raider logo on their Twitter page, like their Raider bill, and they have their arm, they're showing their bicep, they, and then they just rip the Raiders all day. All day, they just rip the Raiders, but they walk into bars as Raider bill, and they order a Modelo and tell everybody how much they love the team, but then they go on the Raiders' Facebook page when Andre James is signed and they talk crap. Because we got a lot of that noise happening here over the last couple of weeks. It's a small, small, small percentage but they're the loudest now on social media. So that's where we're at as we open up the week. I'm pretty excited. I think the Raiders were very active. I don't agree with everything. I wish Rodney Hudson, they could have worked out a deal with Rodney. But that whole story, that whole story is going to come out in the wash. We're going to find out that Rodney didn't want to be here because he wanted to win more. And I don't think Arizona is any better than the Raiders. I don't. I think the Raiders and Arizona are eight and eight teams. Raiders should have won 10 games. Arizona should have won 10 games. 
Arizona probably has a better roster than the Raiders, but not by much. And Rodney ended up going there. Uh, Gabe Jackson. I wish Gabe. He had a pretty high contract. He had a very high contract. And uh, Gabe was a very good player, very good Raider. Uh, they go in a, in a different direction than that. I'm not thrilled by that. It, they, I don't think we would have had all these new defensive players on the team if the Raiders kept Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. I wish the Raiders would have kept Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson and added a little bit to the defensive side, including Yannick Ngakwe, and what they wanted to do with some of these defensive tackles, but they didn't have the money to do it. They didn't have the money to do it, and they had to get under the cap. And then that leads me to Marcus Mariota. I've been talking about this for weeks on the show, and now it's time for me to give you a reason to call in on Marcus Mariota, who could be gone by the end of the day, he could be here for another couple of days, or the Raiders can go in a different direction. They've absolutely lowballed him, which I don't have a problem doing. I don't believe that the Raiders can afford to have a luxury at backup quarterback. I don't believe that. I mean, the Washington football team's got a backup quarterback as their starter in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mariota's much better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. You go around the league, I think Mariota is much better than Cam Newton. Not historically, but now. So the Raiders uh, lowballed him and asked him to take less money. And if he takes less money, the Raiders, wow, they get the best backup quarterback on an offensive line that looks to have taken a step back. And, you know, you need a good backup quarterback if Derek Carr is going to be running a little bit more. So I'd like to see Marcus Mariota stick around. Plus, Marcus spent the whole year learning Gruden's playbook, which is one of the most complex playbooks in all, in absolutely all of football, and he, he learned it. So he got into that. So with all of this happening here, if the Raiders give up on Marcus Mariota and he is let go, and he signs with another team, and the Raiders don't have a $10 million investment with him, I hope they're able to get a safety, or I hope they're able to do something else in free agency here because they didn't get a safety and they didn't get a right tackle. But this morning, as I was driving over to Henderson to the Raider facility, I was listening to Pritch and Clay, and I was with Mike Pritchard. We went out to dinner on Saturday night this weekend, and I, I really did a deep dive with Mike on the Raiders roster, and I happened to hear when he said on his show today that the Raider roster is pretty set, in his opinion, other than safety and right tackle. And I would agree with him. The Raiders pretty much told you what they're going to do at linebacker. They brought back Kwiatkowski, Littleton, Morrow got extended. I think the Raiders are going to go, I believe the Raiders are going to go get a linebacker in the draft because I put my name on it just like I put my name on Yannick Ngakwe and nobody else did in Oakland and Vegas. I told you they were going to get Yannick Ngakwe. I told you. And now I need the Raiders to get an animal sideline to sideline, quitty pay, linebacker, edge rusher. I don't care what position he plays. I don't want to hear about the Sam or the Mike linebacker or the middle linebacker. I just want a beast at linebacker so the Raiders can stop this drought of not having an athletic, oversized, super athletic linebacker on third down. Where is he? Where is he? He's in the first round at number 17. I could promise you, if the Raiders move up from 17 and they move up to 12, or they move up to 9, which I have no problem with. I don't care about the depth of this draft. I care about their first pick, because their first pick hopefully can start. And if their first pick can start, he's going to be a stud. And he's going to crack this lineup of 11 men, not 11 angry men, of 67, one of the great Raider defensive teams of all time, but if the Raiders get a super stud athletic edge rusher who's a linebacker, then you could tell one of the other linebackers in camp, go, look, this isn't working out. All right, we paid you guys all this money. See that kid over there, that rookie? He's better than all of you, okay? He's better than all of you. And we're going to play him, and we're going to start him, and you can, go, you can go on special teams and go downfield and tackle somebody. That's what I hope they do. But now they might go right tackle because they don't have a right tackle. But who the hell in the Raider Nation has a problem with that? You didn't want Trent Brown. You've been calling my show nonstop. Get rid of the bum. Get rid of the bum. Get rid of the bum. He's stealing money. So they did. And now people are blanking and moaning that there isn't a right tackle. Well, where are you going to get the right tackle? You want a rookie? 
Or do you want a veteran? I'd like to see a guy who's been in the league three or four years who can put his hands on someone who understands concepts and Tom Cable can get more out of them than developing a rookie right tackle, even though there's been with Wirfs and Beckton, there's been a couple of good offensive linemen, tackles taken, especially last year, who turned out to be studs. So that's all I got. That's the monologue brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for. Quickly, Gonzaga on top of Oklahoma, 38-30. to Oklahoma was playing great so far in the first half. Now they're imploding. Now they're imploding, and they're, Gonzaga's playing great. Gonzaga's the best team out there. Loyola beat Illinois. My wife, who's listening to me as she is driving to work, is, ugh, I mean, we're a big Illinois house. To see them lose to Loyola. Do we have that final call, Bobby? Loyola, I know my wife's going to pull over as she's listening. She was disgusted that her fighting Illini went down. I picked them to win the tournament. Here it is. In it comes to Braden Norris. Not going to foul. They're going to dribble this one out. Illinois has said, that's it. Loyola, Chicago. As Norris dribbles at half court, pumping his fist, hugs and handshakes all around. And how about this one? At Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, 2018's Cinderella just got a repeat invite to the Sweet 16. The Loyola Chicago Ramblers have upset the number one seed, Illinois, 71-58 dominating the Illini, leading from wire to wire. Yeah, Westwood won. That game wasn't even close. We had on Porter Mosier last week, the head coach of Loyola. We had eight Division One coaches in the tournament on last week. So we had a really big week, hoping to do the same this week, depending on how the Sweet 16. We also had Dana Altman on from Oregon, and they just destroyed Iowa. We had Fran McCaffrey, their coach, on last week. Both coaches versus cancer coaches and i'll tell you the pac-12 looks great doesn't it the pac-12 ucla oregon state the way the pac-12 is playing it's been a lot of fun to watch one more point here before i wrap up the monologue kevin krueger i said that i said it last week i believe nothing is more wasted on the radio than if i waste your time you don't have to like everything I say. I just take every morsel, every second that I give you, I give you my best. So the reason I don't talk UNLV basketball for the last two years on the show is because they stink. They're uncompetitive, and I can't believe the amount of oxygen that would ever be spent on a radio show talking about UNLV basketball. That means you're not talking about the Raiders? You're not talking about the Golden Knights? You're not talking about LeBron James? You're not talking about Deshaun Watson and his legal situation. You're actually going to put like 40 minutes into an hour on UNLV basketball? Well, I won that, that race. That, that was the biggest waste of time in this city for two years. I'm telling you, I'd spent a total of three minutes on running Rebels basketball. So one of my buddies said, what's your problem with UNLV? I said, nothing. I love UNLV. I live in Vegas. I used to, Marvin Menzies has been on the show. When TJ got the job, he came on the show. Good friends with Dave Rice and Lon Kruger. If they're doing well and they're relevant, I'll talk about it on Raider Nation Radio. But if not, I got to talk about the biggest topics to keep people listening, even though, you know, they might not agree with me. So now we get Kevin Kruger's son Alon. I've known Kevin since the first time I met him through Lon, through Coaches versus Cancer. He's a fantastic person. Why would I not? I'm loyal to all my friends. My friends are loyal to me. Kevin and I aren't best friends, but, you know, we associate with each other. We try to raise money for Coaches versus Cancer. I want the guy to do great. So I, I will do everything to support this hire. And UNLV basketball. I would love to see UNLV basketball be relevant again. I'm watching the tournament now. I'm watching Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts play in the Sweet 16. UNLV's become a joke. And UNLV's trying to find the right way and the right mix and match to build and recruit again. And I think Kevin will do that. His name recognition is very important. Lon, who's coaching now against Gonzaga, you know what he means to Vegas and what he means to me. So I'm behind this. Is it the big name hire that I was expecting? Oh, absolutely not. But does it make sense to give Kevin a shot? Sure. Now, will the alumni back him? 
I don't know. I'm not an alumni of UNLV. I'm not an alumni. But I, what, what I will tell you here, which is a dicey topic, because, you know, it's just what I say is how, how I feel. This town has the most bogus, bogus backers of this program that I've ever seen. Like, do you, have you ever met anybody in Vegas who backs financially UNLV? I haven't. Who are they? They, they hide behind. They call themselves boosters, and they're not boosters. They're nobody. If you do an overhead helicopter ride over the Vegas Strip, you'll see billion-dollar casino after billion-dollar casino, and these boosters have been flat-out nothing for a decade. They're scared of the Strip. They're scared to donate money. Maybe they'll donate money to Kevin Kruger. Maybe they'll give Kevin Kruger and the program the money now that they claim to as they think they're sitting on Gucci Row at the Thomas and Mac and there's no one there. So I like to see UNLV do well. I have complete support of Kevin Kruger. I support him, and I want him to do well. So I hope everybody else gets behind Kevin. Hopefully we get him on here pretty soon and we can get going. Let's get the Raider Nation going, 702-365-9200. And if you're in Vegas and you want to talk about Kevin getting the gig, please do as Oklahoma now is trailing by eight to Gonzaga, 40-32. Kevin in Vegas, start us off. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing well, JT. This morning I woke up, and to my dismay, the NFL is moving the 2021 draft to Cleveland. We were promised that uh, draft. No, no, no. We have it the year at. We're gonna, Cleveland always had the draft. This was always Cleveland's draft. We had it. We lost it to COVID. Cleveland's getting it. They're going to get crushed by COVID, and we're getting it after that. Okay, my misunderstanding. Yeah, no problem. But great program, JT. Always appreciate listening to you. All right, that's all you had to say. He was upset about Cleveland. Uh, it's still not a good time to have the draft. It's still with COVID and some of the issues. You know, I was talking about it uh, last night with my wife. We want to go back to Italy again. We've been to Italy, and we love Italy. And now Italy's in lockdown, and France, Paris is in lockdown. We went to Paris twice. We went there both times the Raiders played there, loved it. And now Miami, Miami last night during spring break, we're Vegas. We're the closest thing to Miami. You would all agree in spring break, right? We're not South Padre Island. We're Las Vegas. You saw how crowded Las Vegas was this weekend if you were out. And in Miami last night, they had the police, the police in South Beach shooting pellets at drunk spring breakers who would not, who would not go home after curfew. It was incredible to me. We're trying to fight coronavirus and fill up Allegiant Stadium, and we got young kids all boozed up in South Beach in Texas that won't follow the curfew. And we're just starting to open up here in Vegas. So when it comes to the draft, you know, Cleveland's going to have more of a virtual draft. They're going to have a smaller crowd. There will be fans in attendance from every team. But when we do it in Vegas, we want to do it sold out. Remember, Nashville had 600,000 fans. We want to get a million in Vegas, and the only way we'll do that is if we have coronavirus under control, which we hope we do. 702-365-9200. Ruben, right here in Vegas. How are you, Ruben? I'm good, JT. I'm good. Uh, really quick, uh, got the tour, the beautiful Allegiant Stadium on Friday, and man, I can't wait till we open up, baby, to fill that up. I mean, that was pretty cool. I want to give what'd a you like about thanks. the What'd you like about the tour? What was your favorite part of it? Uh, my favorite, honestly, my favorite part of the tour, I know they press a lot with the Elvis and Marilyn Monroe paintings, which are mm-hmm. pretty cool, but I really like all the artwork of, of just the history of our team, man. The history yeah. of the Raiders with Howie Long and, and paintings and the snake and Otto. And, you know, I took my Otto jersey. I've been fortunate to meet Mr. Otto. I took my jersey that he signed and, and took a couple pictures in front of the painting of him. Um, I really like that, and the, the kind of special treat they had out there was uh, in the locker room with a hologram of Coach. You know, it was pretty mm-hmm. crazy. And uh, yeah. basically, I didn't have a good time. You know, I love the stadium. Mark Davis, man, he's, he loves his hot dogs, man. I got to go to his suite, which is very fortunate <laughs> also. Uh, just loved yeah. it. It was a great tour overall. And I just want to give a really quick, uh, JT, a shout-out to the president of the company I work for, Burke, and mm-hmm. uh, the next-in-line, Kareem. They, they invited me. They had season tickets for the company. And as an employee, that I work my butt off, and I'm a you know a face of the company for them out on the road doing my deliveries. They invited me with other two clients, other customers on this tour, and I'm very grateful and thankful to them for inviting me of all people because they know I'm a big Raider fan. So just wanted Excellent. to talk on that. 
Just wanted to talk on that, JT. Appreciate it. Excellent. Hope you have a Thank good you. day, and, and go Raiders, baby. Me too. Thank you. You saw more of the stadium than I have. We were up, you know, we were in the Twitch lounge doing the pregame show with Eric Allen and up in the booth with Brett Musburger. And obviously I've walked around a lot of the stadium, but I haven't seen everything on the tour that I'm hearing just great things about. So, again, it's part, if you're a PSL holder, you have the opportunity to buy and go see the tour, and everybody who's coming out of the tour is blown away by it. Raiders put a lot into not only the stadium, but the tour and the experience, and that's why it's so special now. The tour is an experience. When you don't have concerts and you don't have shows, really the biggest tour right now and the best thing to see is Allegiant Stadium because of how detailed the tour is. And I, I have no problem being company guy for that. If you want to go, I'm a PSL holder. I have tickets at the stadium. And uh, I think everybody who's going is giving rave reviews, rave reviews. I got rave reviews for Remy Martin. We had our Remy Martin dinner on Saturday night at Lavo, which is one of my favorite restaurants in all of Las Vegas. That was great. Had a bunch of special friends out there. Want to thank everybody at Remy Martin. Proud partner of our show. And we had a great one this week. Our partner at Virgin Hotels is having us out on Friday. That'll be a lot of fun. And coming up next, Hall of Famer James Lofton will join us. We'll go around the league on free agency from what the Patriots were able to do, what some of the other teams did, the Raiders, and their philosophy going forward. And we have March Madness. Make that three, Oklahoma. Another miss. Gonzaga up by 10 with a minute to go. Game's getting out of hand. Gonzaga, the best team in America, after most of the brackets have been destroyed. A good Monday as we begin. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Hopefully it's a team that when we're all done, you know, that it is a fast, physical team that gets the ball out, that's aggressive on the perimeters. You know, that type of mindset, that's an effort-based defense. You know, and I think if that's when someone comes into our building, our you know, stadium, and that's the way they're talking about us, uh-huh. then you know we're, we're starting to head in the right direction. Gus Bradley, get on the bus with Gus. JT with you as we continue on. Zags up by 12 at the half here. Uh, Breaking news, NBA and Lakers legend Elgin Baylor has passed away from natural causes at the age of 86. Elgin Baylor is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He was Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. The the greatest first ever explosive above-the-rim basketball player. With all due respect to Wilt, who was tall and played above the rim as a center, If Elgin Baylor was playing in the league today, he would be, with nutrition, the ability, he would be a Michael Jordan, LeBron James. He was the gold standard. We remember him as an executive with the Clippers his entire career. Uh, The man who co-authored my book, The Handoff, wrote the book on Elgin Baylor. And we're going to try to get Alan Eisenstock on here in the next couple of days. This is a big one. They're all big. But if you're a Laker fan, I think it's appropriate to call in on Elgin Baylor. If you remember seeing him play, if you know the impact that he had in the NBA and his overall arc of his beautiful life, Elgin Baylor, rest in peace at the age of 86. And, you know, this hits me hard. I'm not a Laker fan, but I've interviewed Elgin before, especially when he was an executive. He came on during an all-star game with me uh, years ago out in Oakland. And when he walked in the room, you just knew. TikTok Elgin Baylor, one of the all-time greats. You see a guy at 86. My dad's 83. Marvin Hagler just passed away. You start seeing and hearing about these these legends. And as they're passing away, Henry Aaron, Marvin Marvin, um, Hagler, Elgin Baylor. I mean, the list goes on and on. Tommy Lasorda. A lot of Laker fans, Kobe Bryant. A lot of L.A. fans have had a tough run here, a really tough run. So we're thinking of all he is today as we keep it going. We're looking for grades. We're looking for grades on the Raiders and free agency. As I look at who's back, an incognito, Andre James got his contract, Denzel Good, Kenyon Drake, two years, $14.5 million. A lot of people scratching their head. 
Why so much? Because Gruden wants to keep the offense explosive, and they believe he brings an element to this team. Zay Jones is back. John Brown will be the number two wide receiver. Still waiting on what's going to happen with Marcus Mariota. Yannick Ngakwe, Jonathan Hankins, Quinton Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, uh, the Le- Nevin Lawson, Kendall Victors, Dallin Levitt. They bring in Matt Dickerson. Uh, all these players that are back, and there's a lot of players that are around, you got to look at that number and say, wow, this is pretty impressive. This is pretty impressive that the Raiders were this active, but is it good enough? Is it good enough now for them to be a better team than last year? I'm not going to say yes or no on that. I, I thought they were a 10-win team last year. They were at 1-8. You know, if I was picking right now, which I don't have to, would I say eight or nine wins? I probably wouldn't say 10 unless I see what they do in the draft. And I was ready. I was ready the whole time to talk about a trade. I want to see the Raiders make a trade. And if the trade comes on draft day, then I have to wait to draft day. But I wanted to see the Raiders make a blockbuster trade. I was hoping it was going to be with Mariota, part of the deal. But that hasn't been the case so far. Uh, James Lofton, the Hall of Famer, we're waiting on him. He's supposed to join us this hour. Yannick Ngakwe was the player that I told you I wanted more than anybody. The Raiders landed him, and he met the media the other day. Hey, Yannick. Uh, Vinny with the Las Vegas Review Journal. Um, welcome to Las Vegas. And, um, you know, going back to last year, uh, it always seemed like your name was connected with the Raiders. Uh, there was seemed to be interest uh, for the Raiders in you. Um, was the feel, feeling mutual? And what was it about the Raiders this time around uh, that, that kind of cinched the deal for you? Yeah, uh, for sure. This was a place um, that I always uh, dreamed about being. Uh, to work, but also, um, yeah, the Raiders organization, they definitely tried to reach out and grab me, you know, early in the process. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't go the way that uh, we both wanted. So, you know, it took time and ultimately I'm back here uh, where I wanted to be and it worked out. So um, I would say, man, uh, everything happens for a reason. Hey, this is Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. Uh, obviously, outside of yourself, you know, the Raiders also made some some other moves of free agency to, to beef up that defensive line. Um, you know, that's been a position group that they've been expecting a lot of for the last couple of years and trying to find ways to get more of a pass rush and get better at defending the run. How confident that, are you that you all can kind of turn around at the defensive line group and be impactful in 2021? Yeah, absolutely. You got guys that you just signed like uh, Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson. You got Max up here. You got a lot of defensive talent, defensive linemen that uh, we can just gel together and put, you know, the knowledge that we have as far as uh, playing a run and pass rush that we can kind of turn this thing around and make it real special and get over that hump. Yannick, this is Hondo Carpenter. As a top-tier free agent defensive player, how much did it appeal to you, the potent offense the Raiders have with Derek? Oh, you know, I've seen that firsthand in 2019 when we, uh, when I was still part of the Jacksonville Jaguars and we played uh, that last game in that Coliseum. And uh, you can just tell, you know, you got guys like uh, the tight end Waller, you got uh, Jacobs, you got uh, Carr, and you got the, uh, the the guy that was just a rookie, you know. So um, they have they have a great offense here, man. And they already put that together. Now it's time for the defensive side of the ball to help that offense side out a lot, you know what I mean? So, Got it. Jerry McDonald from the Bay Area News Group. Your rookie year coincided with the last year of Gus Bradley in Jacksonville and I'm just, as head coach, and I'm wondering what the appeal of Bradley was to, to come here. Uh, yeah, it was a no-brainer. Uh, coach Gus was a guy that had input and drafted me uh, back in 2016. He knows what I, what I bring to this game. And um, I feel like that's a coach that knows how to utilize my skill set to make it super effective to help the team as best as possible. So uh, with Gus being here, I know it's like another father figure for me. It's another guy that can help me out while I'm out here on a different coast. So it's a blessing. Unique, um, you know, uh, defensive lines, uh, the good ones, uh, are kind of a combination of individual talent, skill sets, and collectively they, they produce when you look at the what you're working with on this defensive line, um, what is it about it that you feel uh, you know uh, can create that kind of pass rush that, uh, that that Gus Bradley needs in this defense that you guys are running? It just goes back to what I said earlier. You got guys like Max. Uh, we just signed Quentin. We just signed uh, Solomon, and um, those guys uh, 
those are guys that can rush when you put on the tape. Those are guys that play physical football. And with our mindsets together and just uh, being able to bounce information and ideas off each other, it should be a lot of plays made this, this year coming up. Yannick, uh, speaking about the signing of Quentin, you two definitely have history uh, together playing at Maryland. How excited are you to be back on the defensive line with him? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a great it's a, it's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, that's a guy that I got drafted with. We have the same birthday. We have the same goals as far as uh, how we want to be remembered um, as men, as football players. So it's just a, it's just, it's divine timing, man, having a guy like that to be able to rush with and um, play football with. Hey, this is a Vic from The Athletic. Um, how weird has it been for you? This is, I think, that was your fourth team in, in eight months. Uh, it's not It's not too weird, you know what I mean? My love for the game is still there. Uh, it's, t- it's guys that, you know, have bounced around teams before, not from a production standpoint, but just off, you know, fits and things like that. Um, it's just part of the game, you know? Uh, you can go along, You can go down along a, a line of list of players that have played on uh, multiple teams and have great careers like the Terrell Owens, the Deion Sanders, the Kevin Greens, uh, may you rest in peace, um, guys like that. So it's not about the, the how many times you've bounced around. It's about what you do, where you're at. Hey, it's Deshaun again. Uh, you know, obviously you're, you're still young yourself and early in your career, but you're one of the older guys kind of on this young defensive line. Um, how do you expect yourself to kind of become a leader this year? Obviously you haven't gotten into, you know, all practice in the games yet. How do you expect yourself to become a leader this season? You know, just doing what I do um, as, as a man, um, what I've been doing since I got into this league. Uh, setting an example in practice, that's where it starts at. It starts in practice. It doesn't start on Sundays. And the way you go about your work, uh, the way you treat your teammates, the way uh, you take in the coaching, that's how I can make, uh, I can help contribute to this team becoming even better. Um, those are the major things. And uh, guys will see surely enough that I'm a I'm a work hard guy. I love to practice hard. And uh, when you do those things, it can translate into the game. Yeah, I guess uh, Josh Dubow from AP. Um, you and Richie obviously have had a couple issues a few years ago. So, I mean, was that all put to rest um, at, at the Pro Bowl that year? And have you guys talked for sure, at all? Since for you, sure. Since that, that's been put to rest since the Pro Bowl. You know, um, it's part of the game, man. We all talk trash and stuff like that. And sometimes we go overboard with things. But, you know, uh, it's all about forgiving, man. Uh, that's I feel like that's what's wrong with the world nowadays, man. We we look at problems uh, that occur and we stick it. We stick with that stigma, and we 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 kind of we don't know how to we don't we don't know how to forgive. And I'm a forgiving dude, and I'm a guy that's I don't really care, man. I'm I'm ready to play for Richie. I'm the type of guy when uh, when we're playing, if somebody is in is in Richie's face or anything like that, I'm backing him up 100%. So all that that's out the window. Hey, Yannick, it's uh, Chris Matthews with the uh, CBS affiliate here in Las Vegas. I was kind of curious, your, your your notions of the Raiders prior to signing, and now when you hear of, you know, Raider Nation and, and just that silver and black and that commitment, what do you kind of tell the fans? What what What's a message that you would have for them? And, and just your thoughts on on the, the Raider organization itself and that, that silver and black tradition. Well, my thoughts on the silver and black tradition uh, is uh... – it's nothing but prestige, just greatness. You look at that Hall of Fame wall of just from being inside this building, you see all the greats, all the people that uh, that shed their blood, sweat, and tears on the field, you know, to help build this organization to be where it is. And just to uh, tell the fans, you know, you're getting a guy that's going to bring it 100% every single play, uh, that's going to represent this, this Raider Nation well. And um, I'm here to win. I'm here to, I'm here to uh, help bring a Super Bowl here. All right, so that's part of the press conference of Yannick Ngakwe. When I heard it, I told Bobby over the weekend, we have to play that. Why? Did you hear how he carried himself at that press conference? It was a no-brainer. The Hall of Famers, what he wants to do, putting the pass with incognito behind him. I mean, this guy is the face of the Raider defense now. He's the best player on the Raider defense, period. He comes in as the leader of the Raider defense as a ferocious edge rusher who's in great shape. He left Jacksonville where his career was flourishing. Then the Minnesota-Baltimore move when he moved a bunch of teams. And I think the reason with that was a couple of things. They knew both those teams were not going to lock him up long, long term. And he was playing for an opportunity like this. I like it. He's got to play now. Let me make this clear. Trent Brown, when Trent Brown came to the Raiders after a Super Bowl with New England, 
I was rah-rah guy. How could you not be? Here's a guy who won a Super Bowl in really good shape, opportunity to be the anchor of the Raiders' offensive line. After watching his practice habits, his inability, and all that, he turned into be a guy you had to get him out of the building. He wasn't good for the organization. Now you look at Yannick Ngakwe, he comes in and says everything perfectly. I mean perfectly. He's fantastic. Can't wait to see him on TV, on the TV shows, on the radio shows. We're working on getting him on. That's the guy that you could say it's Carr and it's Ngakwe. Those are two pieces that the Raiders are going to need if the Raiders are going to succeed at the next level. I love everything he said. Dylan and Palo Alto on the Raiders app. Thanks for call, uh, holding, Dylan. Go ahead. Hey, thank you very much. Um, I just want to say, man, I'm, I'm, I miss football so much, and I'm, I'm so excited for this next year to come up. Um, I really wanted Trey Hendrickson, but that guy, he made so much money. There's no way the Raiders could have paid him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just look forward for the defense, man. I want a nasty defense. Um I want to see Farrell and Max and Yannick get together. I love the additions on the defensive line. I really kind of want to see him get another guy in that first round with that first pick. I want somebody else, you know, some another nasty defender on that line, or even like you said, a linebacker would be great. Um, but if yeah, they if they're able to get a defensive tackle, and I have mock drafts in front of me, we'll be going over this. If we're able to do that. And I appreciate the call. I got to run. We have. We're going to try to get James Lofton up here. He's he's ready to come back here in a few moments. So when we come back, we'll try to get James Lofton on the Hall of Famer. Yeah, whatever the Raiders are going to do, if they take a tackle, they got to believe that he's going to be a starter as a rookie at right tackle. Good luck with that. He he better be great. I think at 17, they're going to be able to get a great defensive tackle or one of those edge rushers, those linebackers who are oversized that you can line up also on the edge and go get after the quarterback. They need that player. They haven't had that player forever. They've got to get that type of player. It's a must. JT, back with you. We always have our legend segment, Once a Raider, Always a Raider. Joining me, one of the great wide receivers of all time, Pro Football Hall of Famer and analyst for CBS, James Lofton. James, great to talk to you again. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. JT, nice to be with you. And I got to tell the listeners that I'm a segment late because I didn't pick up the phone. I didn't recognize the number. I was looking for a number from the Bay Area. (laughs) You know something? That's okay, because that's one of the growing pains we're having here in Vegas. How how have you been able to digest all of the free agency around the league, especially your philosophy with what the Patriots did? James, they built an entire new football team, two tight ends, two receivers, defense, O-line. Do you usually support that or like doing it via the draft? Well, you know, it was funny. Last year, the big complaint was, well, we didn't get the players together because of COVID. And because of COVID, we we had a hard time assessing how they were doing. And so now you're going to look at rookie classes that are going to be coming in. How do you evaluate guys who played in maybe six games maximum, 10 games somewhere else? And so I think that teams are going a little heavier on free agency and they're also getting these free agents at a reduced price because the salary cap has also gone down. Yeah, it's really interesting because the cap will come up again, and you're a big yeah. part of the TV deal. What do you think of the enormity of the television deal? It's good for television. It's good for fans. Now Amazon Prime gets in on Thursday. You've been a big part of the CBS broadcast for years, Westwood One on the radio. What does this mean for the future of the league? Uh, it, it means that the league is healthy, that the league can continue to move forward. Um, you know, JT, you and I have been in this business, around this business, from the time when, boy, a player wanted to make 100000 a year. Then it was a million a year. And then all of a sudden, guys are turning down contracts for $5 million a year. Now they're turning down contracts for $25 million a year. So the money continues to go up go up in uh, astronomical figures, 
But for the players, what they're looking at, I think I'm better than Joe Blow on this team. I should be paid more than he should. And it doesn't matter if that was 30000 a year, 100000 a year, or a couple of million a year, or a lot of million a year. You want to feel like you're compensated if you're a top-notch player. James Lofton, Hall of Famer, joins us. And, James, that's hard because for me who didn't play the game and you who are in the Hall of Fame, a lot of people say, well, you get what you can get if they're going to be offering contracts. But I don't believe that a quarterback fundamentally is worth $50 million a season when Dan Marino and Bart Starr and Jim Kelly and Troy Aikman, whatever, Joe Montana, I look at the numbers now and I say, well, eventually – for 16 or 17 games, you can only make so much per game. And the other side is the players are partners with the NFL. If this TV and streaming money, James, continues to come in, everybody's just going to get paid more, right? Well, I hate to tell you this. 50 cents. That's what it cost when I went to my first movie. <laughs> I don't think you get into the movie theater for 50 cents anymore. <laughs> so it, it, it's happened everywhere. And, and it just it's just part of the game you're right the quarterback gets an astronomical amount of money if he's a pretty good quarterback if he's a really good quarterback then it's crazy money and is he worth it if he can get it he is worth it James Lofton joins us. I look at all the moves in free agency we'll talk about a couple of your former teams the Packers made one move bringing back Aaron Jones. And you remember last year when they got a quarterback with their first pick, everybody yeah. said, are they getting Aaron Rodgers enough? Well, they didn't get him a receiver. They didn't get him help on defense. And we saw what happened when Brady came in and torched the back end of their defense. What do you think the Packers should be doing? I think the Packers are, are really concerned with, with where they stand in that defensive secondary because it's the – Quickest route to giving up points, you know, nobody's going to run for 200 yards every, every game. But people are going to pass for 350, 400 yards per game. And if you don't have a great pass rush, you know, you look at what the Raiders did with Yannick Ngakwe, bringing him in, somebody who can get to the quarterback, Solomon Thomas, somebody who can put pressure on the interior of that defensive line, that's where that's where you really make your strides because if you can if you can hold a team I hate to say it to 28 points or less and you've got a potent offense you've got a chance to win some ball games James Lofton is our guest you mentioned the Raiders uh, giving up on Rodney Hudson or if Rodney wanted out Gabe Jackson goes to Seattle it seems like the philosophy of Mayock and Gruden is to go cheaper on the offensive line younger elevate guys and then pour big money into the defensive side. Is, is that a fair assessment? Do you agree with what they're doing? You agree with it when you see if it works or not. After mm-hmm. an 8-8 eight and eight season, uh, a season that, you know, you, you probably looked at the Raiders and thought, maybe this is a 10-6 and six team, maybe 11-5 and five if you get a, a couple of breaks here, a couple of breaks there. But what you have to do, you have to look at your record, and you have to say, what's our fastest way to getting better within our own division? And obviously, you're chasing Kansas City. You're looking around at the other teams. You're thinking, okay, who can we beat twice and go 2-0 and against them? Because that's, that's where you've got to start. And then you chip away and you try and split a game with Kansas City and you go 5-1 and one in your division, and you're looking pretty good with the rest of the uh, schedule. James Lofton of CBS, the Hall of Famer, as we wrap it up. We never saw anything I don't think we'll ever see in our lifetime again what Tom Brady did for his seventh, going to a new team during a pandemic, no OTAs, then being able to recruit players. It was Tom Brady who did a lot of that recruiting, and then they're able to bring those players back after winning a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Can you just talk about, James, the accomplishment? He'll join you someday with a gold jacket in the Hall of Fame, but how special that was? I think that for some of the players who are in the league right now, they should give them an unofficial gold jacket and just let them wear it around because <laughs> you're right. They're, they're going to be in the pro football thing. Yeah, you got the, the five-year waiting period after a guy retires. But what Tom Brady did, and, and remember, go back to maybe about week 12, and the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are kind of just treading water, and then all of a sudden they hit their stride. And it, it's really that – playoff experience that maybe kicked in in week 12 and went into overdrive and continued on through the 
course of the playoffs, but everybody contributed. Their, their defense was fantastic. And you've got to take your hat off to Bruce Arians. They had the, um, the little celebration there in front of the, the crowds and all that. And he, he grabbed about three or four players as they were up for the mic. And he said, your butt isn't going anywhere. He, he didn't use the word butt. He was a little more uh, <laughs> festive when he was talking. And he was making a statement telling those guys, you're not going anywhere. It doesn't get any better than this. You may get a couple more dollars, but it didn't get any better than winning the Super Bowl because winning Super Bowls are life-changing for players. Playing in Super Bowls are life-changing for players. So that's where you want to be at the end of the day. Hey, James, finally, you're part of the – you're a member of the 1980s All-Decade team on top of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What did it mean to you that Tom Flores finally got the call? He'll be inducted this summer. Well, you know, JT, I'm also a uh, selector. And I I was on Tom's bandwagon a long time ago. And, uh, you know, a couple guys jumped in front of him the previous year. But they're all going to get to go in together and – you know, it, it was long overdue. And the reason that it took so long is we had not separated the coaches out. You had coaches in with players, and when you do that, players normally get the nod over the coaches. So now that you've removed the coaches and gotten them into their own category, it's a lot better for the coaches who have done a fantastic job, and Tom Flores is at the head of the list with those guys. James, it's always an honor and a pleasure to talk to you. I hope to see you out here in Vegas soon or catch you on the road during the season. I always appreciate your time. I'm looking forward to getting to Vegas too, JT. Thank you, James. James Lofton, great to talk to him. Happy we were able to make that happen. What a player. Packers, Raiders, Bills, Rams, Eagles, eight-time Pro Bowler, and uh, all-decades team, as I said. He's in the Packers Hall of Fame. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. His name and number is in the stadium. What can you say? One of the classiest guys I've met when it comes to a gold coat on and off the field and an excellent broadcaster on the CBS broadcast. Hour one done. Coming up next hour, Mark Anderson from the Review Journal on the hiring of Kevin Kruger by the Rebels. Kurt Heelan from Pro Basketball Talk on the injury to LeBron James and more assessment of the Raiders in free agency Want to get a lot of phone calls up with Raider fans after free agency takes.